Welcome to another installment of Up and Over Podcast, the podcast where a group of marks discuss pro wrestling and everything's at work and our opinions don't even fucking matter. Uh, I'm your host, El Gordo Gringo, alongside my co-host. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro, we got El Gordo Gringo up in this bitch. We got Big Money Mike. Big Money. Big Money Mike. We got Mr. Patty Mills. Check it out. Well, and then... Last but not least for the night, we've got our note taker extraordinaire, Cortland. A little, little head tip. Unfortunately, our local jeans enthusiast, Ethan, cannot join us tonight. <laughs> but I have confirmation he will be here next week. So it's okay. fine. Okay. All right. We will miss him. We will miss him deeply. We will miss him deeply for this shit show that we're about to embark on. Oh, All right. Yes, but before we get into that, does anybody have anything on current wrestling? Yes. We got two things we're going to discuss. All right. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. First and foremost, ROH. Yeah. What the fuck is okay. happening over here? We got basically we're we're closing down at the end of the year. We're getting rid of contracts. Per Dave Meltzer, we got. A huge <laughs> list of giant ROH stars are getting signed by AEW already. Yep. It's a, it's a weird, weird day. Fucking crazy, man. Yeah, yeah. Game it's Changer Wrestling. Something. I mean, Game Changer Wrestling announced Bandito, I mean, hours after that news broke that Ring of Honor was releasing everybody from their contract at the end of the year. Um, so I don't want to say that, it, like, obviously AEW should be big players in that, and you probably see some guys go to MLW as well, but um, I don't think that you'll see a lot of like WWE poaches from that. Yeah. No. Um, one or two at our best, but I mean, a lot of people that are in Ring of Honor, it seems like they're happy to be there. They're not trying to run and get anywhere else. But I did see something earlier. Uh, I think it was on Twitter. I think it was Ryan Satin or somebody else maybe that posted that uh, Ring of Honor was selling their library. And then within 10 minutes of that tweet, Brian Alvarez tweeted and said they are not selling their library. And then somebody else said they were. Um, Rumors, I think we're just going to have to wait and see what falls through. But if they plan on relaunching in you know six months to a year, maybe later than that even, then they're going to want that library. You're not going to just give up back at all volume, volume one to volume five set. I look at Go through them maybe once every year or two, and dude, the matches on there are unbelievable. Everyone would want that catalog if it gets posted, you know. Yeah, the big thing that stuck out to me about that catalog is that um, footage for All In would be included on that, which is like mm -hmm. the one piece of like AEW adjacent um, wrestling that Tony Khan doesn't have. Um, and so, if it is for sale, I think you could see him pay a lot just for that piece alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's tough, right? Because Ring of Honor has been a place that we were all – I think all of us were kind of hoping we'd see the Forbidden Door open a little bit more than it has. Um, like a Ring of Honor invasion with Jay Lethal at the helm is something Ethan and I had talked about at length, really. Um, and so to see them now have the ability to find work elsewhere is awesome. But at the same time, that's a lot of people that just lost their job really unexpectedly. Um, and some people didn't even get a call. They found out on Twitter just like we did. So. Um, just some stuff to keep in mind with that. Yeah, it's a uh, definitely a sad day in the uh, yeah 
world of like independent wrestling, just in the right. eyes of like what, like I the problem, like it's like the one of the issues I've been seeing is that a lot of people are holding a lot of hate towards uh, like, like the young the elite. Thing, the big thing there with Ring of Honor is like that was really my first national independent show too was a 2013 ring of honor show that was like local to where I was. Um, and so really ring of honor is kind of everywhere in terms of the landscape of professional wrestling right now. Like you have guys like CM Punk and like, you know, Brian Danielson, like Samoa Joe, like you have a lot of like the bigger names, um, especially for the past decade um, that came from ring of honor. So yeah. um, it is pretty sad to see them kind of move in toward potential shutdown, but they said that they're going to op- like reopen or relaunch as a different initiative in like quarter two of 2022. Yeah. It sounded like they were just going to be kind of just more of like a kind of just like a random independent booking to where mm-hmm. like almost anyone can go, but like, I don't know. It still seems weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to say before yeah. uh, we move any further that I did see that uh hacksaw Jim Duggan's, got diagnosed with prostate cancer. Oh, yeah, that is. And uh, he's going into surgery tomorrow, which would be today for those who are listening. Just uh, keep him in mind. He's a great guy. I got introduced to him in Wilmington, and uh, dude is, couldn't have been a nicer guy. Took his time, talked to me about wrestling for a period of time, didn't pay a dime for it signed stuff for me when I didn't ask him to. Just an all-around great guy. Spent time with everyone who was there. Couldn't say enough great things about him uh, in my experience of meeting him and Jimmy Hart. Uh, they were both awesome. Uh, I just wanted to give a shout-out to him. And hope that him and the rest of the wrestling community can put a little bit more to uh, him today. Absolutely. 100%. Um, I'll, I'll crack myself with a two by four tomorrow just for uh, so oh. uh, yeah, one over there. Look at that. Last little thing I wanted to touch on because the other just the other day we had NXT's Halloween Havoc, and since we're covering Halloween Havoc, um, a big talking point throughout the evening was a beef that I didn't even know was happening. That's between Nash Carter of MSK and I don't know if y'all remember Izzy, the uh, Bailey super fan. From like, so if you remember like original Bailey NXT girl with the side point to always look like always front row and like so like cried with Sasha Banks like that girl. She started training, I believe. She started training a couple months ago. So apparently, the story behind all this is is that like I believe it was right before COVID happened. She went to like a local wrestling promotion like near her, and she was involved in a spot where she was choke slammed. And a lot of wrestlers were like, I don't think that was smart. So, like, the girl's not yeah. trained. She's super young. She, like, yeah. she could have been severely hurt. And one of the people that was outspoken in that, and basically just more or less for her safety, was Nash Carter, who, you know, formerly a big success in, in Impact Wrestling with the Rascals. And so apparently, as of more recently, um, any time they're out 
on a taping. They are being booed horrendously by a group of people. And people started to kind of figure out that in the middle of that group of people was Izzy and her parents. <laughs> and so this like is real life beef. This is this not is like, this is like, this is, wrestling. Heat. This is this like is, real life. Like it's real. This is real heat. You got heat with the bullets. Where a child is upset with a fucking professional wrestler over the fact that they thought it wasn't smart for them to be in a situation where they have no training. And, like, it's gotten to a point where, like, it's, I guess, like, a lot of people have noticed the booze, and it's, like, really prevalent, and, like, they're one of the hottest fucking tag teams they have right now, and they're like, what the fuck is happening? To the this point to where, multiple times. this has yeah. been happening for weeks now. Jeez, to the point to where, to the point to where during Halloween Havoc, the so whoever's running social media, like, posts for NXT, literally posted a clip of them doing something and was like, how could you boo this? Like, it's it's that noticeable. Yikes. And all the comments were just like, fuck Izzy and her parents. <laughs> yeah, that's what I just saw. I looked it up just to see, but um, yeah, that's, uh, I don't know, takes away fuck. from, yeah, it's like, I don't know, wrestling can be corny in its own right, you know what I mean? But you make it way cornier by doing dumb shit like that. Yeah, you're, you're, it. yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, it just didn't make a lot of sense. Like when I found out, and I was like, "They're that petty over this?" Like that, like yeah. a child. I, I don't even know she's over the age of sixteen. She's fourteen, as she's, far as I saw. Yeah, so she was thirteen, twelve, eleven years old when this spot happened. And I guess like even like Chelsea Green said that she had noticed some of it because she was also another like notably outspoken person against her. That was receiving a lot of heat for her very short time in NXT. And so That's a lot crazy. of people are starting to figure out, like, like, is this what caused some of these people to get let go? Is that they received this really dumb heat from the fans and they didn't understand why they couldn't get them these people over and they just kind of, like, let them go? Like, mm. I, I don't know. <laughs> turns out it's a fucking... Izzy and her fucking parents. I, I, obviously, I'm not gonna shit talk anybody <laughs> here, but fuck those parents. I'm just yeah. It's like it's like at a point where it's like you have a child who feels spoiled. Fuck them kids. Fuck that kid and fuck her parents. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was something that I had noticed and I was looking over. Okay, and it was hold on, hold on, edit this. I just want oh, to stay. This, out. Oh, well, this is staying, bud. This is where we're at. I ain't gonna touch <laughs> you. No Here's the thing. It's like... I'm trying to find the words for it. This thing happened with a, a, another situation kind of like, like it. Where it's like... Somebody gives you an offer. You're a pro... You're a huge pro wrestling fan. You're at a random ass event and someone says, hey, man, you want to fucking take a bump? Or, hey, man, you want to ref this match? You as a pro wrestling fan, die hard? Who the fuck's going to say no? Yeah. I'm not going to say no. Look at My David Arquette. should have not when I was 11 up, years old. But, like, people shit on David Arquette. I get it. You know, he's not a pro wrestler. But the dude's a pro wrestling fan. And you're given the opportunity to become the world heavyweight champion of the world. You're going to say no? No, so, you're not going to okay. fucking say no. You're going to go out there, do a shitty-ass match, and become the fucking champion 
of the world. I don't think it was. Superman. Who's not going to say no to something like? That? But I I don't think it's necessarily people upset about her saying yes. It's just people just saying like, hey, like I don't I personally wouldn't have put her in that situation. Which like that part itself is like to each their own. If the kid wants to do it and everyone's fine with it, everyone's fine with it. But the fact that like yeah, now you're I mean, taking this so but you're taking this so personally that you're trying to now fuck with someone's career, like that's where yeah, I have a yeah, problem. Yeah, definitely not. Or I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely not. too much. Like I went like like one of the first like local events I ever ever gone to out here, I had worn my fucking own WWE referee shirt, and for the entire night I refed from the crowd. And after the intermission of that night, one of the tag teams in the back that was a heel tag team noticed me, and noticed that I was getting over within the crowd. And they pulled me up to try to make me ref the next match. And their referee said no, and it was a whole thing or whatever. So I'm all for the fact that, like, if, if a wrestler wants me to get involved, I'll get involved. It's fucking great. But, like, the fact that, like, I'm not going to go out of my way and try to, like, bury this fucking referee's career because he wouldn't let me ref a match. That I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Like, <laughs> like is that that big yeah, of a deal? Yeah, her parents just go to all these events and just, like, <laughs> people. Well, and even... No, it doesn't do her or her family like her life stream is to become a professional wrestler for the WWE and if you really want to do that that's why I back like if she's 14 15 years old there's wrestlers that we all love that started younger than that so like her parents standing there or her parents agreeing to her taking bumps 110% about her wanting to learn and you know whatever um but any backlash of it from any other wrestler, it's like, yeah, I get why you would want to say, like, hey, don't do this. Like, obviously, don't be a dumbass and do this move at home. Like, we've heard yeah. the stories a hundred times of kids being hurt. Um, but, like, her parents and her going out of their way to shit on other people's career isn't going to move her up the ladder in professional wrestling yeah. with fans either. Exactly. You know what I mean? I think you should just take your let's take your bumps and you just move on from the situation yeah. and do it in two years, three years when you're 17, 18 years old and you do your next choke slam at that same event and it's bigger and better. No one's going to talk about the last one. Yeah. They're going to talk about this one. So like, as long as you in pro wrestling, I always feel like as long as you just keep moving forward and you don't live your past event, then everything's fine. Yeah. But, there's also that other side that says like you're only as good as your last match. <laughs> so, you know, either way, yeah, true. Uh, any... <laughs> well, I love how Mike said I don't want to talk shit about anybody, and it said nothing but nothing. <laughs> but said, I don't want to talk shit about I anyone's added a kids. I had but... a butt after the fact. Fuck them kids. Fuck them parents. Fuck them kids. Fuck them kids. No. Um, so I do a lot of Twitter. I'm on Twitter a lot. You do be tweeting. I be tweeting. And um, I noticed last night, and I've noticed for the past weeks, Adam Cole getting a lot of hate on Twitter. Hmm. A lot of people saying that he's in his career, he's not doing what he should be doing. A lot of just like people just, I guess, saying how he should be living his life right now. 
I was wondering what you guys' opinion was on that. Do you guys <laughs> like Adam Cole just out here having fun doing what he wants to do, or do you think he should be out here Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson type shit, where he's wrestling fucking heaters every weekend? I see that face over there, Mike. You can go first. Yeah, Mike. No, I see, I see the I see the faces you're making. No, wait, you can go ahead. All right. So here's the thing, right? Adam Cole and Brian Danielson are two totally separate situations. Um, Danielson left the independence to go to WWE, but he did so putting on insane classic matches the entire way. That really wasn't Adam Cole's MO, right? They put him back in a spot that he essentially can follow linearly, and you can ride this out and build feuds even within the elite, right? So having him in the situation he's in, in my opinion, is the right situation and is the best situation for him to, like, not to talk shit about NXT or how it w- like was before, but again, this is something that all those matches started to kind of run similarly. Like, you had the whole Gargano-Ciampa feud that probably went two matches too much. Like, all those matches just kind of started to play out the same way, and there were so many false finishes, and, like, we talk about it a lot again. It's the Shawn Michaels effect in NXT that, like, was there. So... For him to get that out of his system with new talent that he's able to kind of work more of that independent style that AEW leans toward, uh, that's the way that he needs to work until they can figure out what to do with him, right? If they're going to put him with uh, Kenny Omega long-term, because that's been something that's been happening on Being the Elite. Them mentioning him getting killed by Kenny Omega, like things like that. Like even if you push the Jungle Boy feud out in like another few months, then you have like the Tony Schiavone thing. Is that going to be a Paul White feud? Like. There's a few things that like have to play out first, but Adam Cole, without question, needs to be the face of that company soon. Um, and yeah, I think that yeah. they'll get him there. So people just talk shit to talk shit. It it's crazy. Um, and people hate AEW a lot on Twitter. Um, and so yeah, I think really I Fox, <laughs> it's just an uh, hating Adam Cole is hating AEW. Okay. So I got a, a thing on that that I that I got. Um if you look at Adam Cole, look at the elite as like an evolution. Yeah. So like look at Adam Cole as you would look at Randy Orton. The little seeds and like the being the elite on YouTube is like he walks out of a room, Kenny says something of the effect of like, you know, how are we gonna do this or convince him or make him do this? And they're always like, You can't make people do stuff. And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot. I'm sorry, I'm a good guy, I forgot. They're doing all this. The best way in my opinion, and yes, you should book me um, to write for you. Uh, the best way, in my opinion, to do it is that Hangman picks up the title from Kenny, and then in return, Adam Cole goes for Hangman because he doesn't know the checkered pass like they've said on being the elite. is because Adam has been dead for so long, he doesn't know why they don't like each other. Him and Hangman were still fine. So technically, they're okay. If Adam goes over and has that belt and Kenny turns on him the next night on Dynamite, you got money, dude. You have Evolution turn on Randy Orton all over again. I'm going to speak for Ethan, who's not here. (laughs) Ethan has, like, one thing we'll learn about Ethan on here is that he loves to fantasy book things. Loves it. And he hits me up one night and he says, hey, man, how would you feel about this? You have Omega drop the belt to Hangman. 
and then the elite start questioning Kenny Omega as their leader, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens' contract is up first quarter of 2022. Mount Rushmore is Kevin Steen, Adam Cole, and the Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. You can turn the three of the elite on Kenny Omega and have Mount Rushmore. Kenny fixes things with Hangman after Hangman drops the belt to MJF. And then they they find a tag team. And that's the questionable part. But that could be your story like down the road. I mean, you're talking that's another six months of programming on top of what's already happening, right? So you could book out to the end of 2022 with that. Um, I think on current wrestling I can think of uh, this uh, Andrade, Mm -hmm. Cody, Pac, Alistair, Malachi. Dude, I don't know where y'all are going. Pronouns, Sorry. pal. Uh, Tommy, uh, fucking, you know, Malachi. Uh, <clears throat> any of the above. What I don't know where you're headed, mm. and I really like that because it's really rare to like look at pro wrestling after like years and years of watching it and seeing the same program, the same company for twenty years recycle the same shit. So uh, to see, like, something to where, like, the beginnings and, like, the little seeds of it, I've never seen it before. So I'm I'm really excited about that. Does anybody have any predictions? I just want Cody to stop wrestling. <laughs> the issue and Over the it, wrinkle dog. in the whole thing is that the crowd does not give a fuck about Cody Rhodes. And that's yeah, and it's show. obvious. It's so they obvious. They do not care. Not I would care rather like see fucking... I would rather see Malachi and Arn for fucking a month 45 straight. 45 minutes. 45 minutes every Just Wednesday. 45 minutes in a salad steel cage <laughs> over watching fucking Cody wrestle anymore. No one gives a fuck about him. Yeah, and I think people would have given a fuck about him if they didn't give him that win over Malachi. It wasn't a win that he needed. No, honestly, everyone yeah. was pissed. Was not a win that he needed. No one needed that. It's not a win that he needed, but like like Malachi said, that he was never about pinfalls. Technically, it's a rivalry and Alistair's still a, a fuck me. Malachi's still up one. I, I appreciate his like response about it on Twitter being like, ha ha ha, yeah. I like embedded like fucking a cancer into you basically, like with this whole feud. But like, mm-hmm. hear me out. Like, we could have just done that with fucking anyone. It didn't have to be Cody anymore. Like, he beat everyone in the fucking nightmare family. Leave it at that. Let him move on. Yeah. Like, yep. Uh, like, you have cool ties with Andrade and, and like Black coming over, right? So it's like he said he had friends all throughout the world. And then like his old manager's husband now is in his corner. Like that's sick, right? That's a cool little crossover. But like like I said, the wrinkle there is that nobody gives a fuck about Cody. And that's a problem. All right. Well, uh, mm-hmm. circling back to uh, Andrade, um, yeah, I would be remiss mentioning mentioning him and not mentioning what's going on on the other side. Uh, the, really, the only thing notable over there for this week, apparently Charlotte and Becky got into some type of disagreement backstage at some point. Um, something was said. There was a belt dropped. 
So so the belt they did the they did the belt drop ish debacle on screen. They had heated words in the back in Gorilla to where not only was it the two of them, (laughs) you also had Sonya Deville get involved, and I guess Dana Brooke was the one that broke up the fight because it got real Mm -hmm. heated in the back. Dana Brooke like she got hands. And then Charlotte had to get escorted out of the building. Wow. Yeah, and then I read that Vince was pissed that uh, she wasn't brought to him before she left. So, I mean, take that for what it is, but I mean, that's two different sources. I wanted to speak to her before she left. What the fuck's he gonna do? Let them beat the shit out of each other. I'm with it. Yeah. Give them 60 seconds. I mean, y'all want Charlotte to go anywhere else? I mean, I don't think it matters. I hate the thought of her elsewhere. Me too. Yeah, I don't want to go anywhere. I mean, the only thing with it is like, you. I understand that she would be probably one of the biggest gets for like AEW or Impact for that matter. Either Uh, way. But like. Not just like for women, like just as pro wrestlers. In general. Yeah. General. That's one of the biggest gets in the world. Dude. That's Charlotte fucking Flair. Yeah, but like, because it, of that just speaks for itself. But because of the fact, uh, <laughs> sorry, just keep going. What, what's wrong? I, something just hit me in my brain because I was going to mention something. But like, I would personally like just think that if it were to happen, she cannot be get she cannot be thrown straight into a title picture, like. They would have to humble her aggressively and she would have to start working back into getting trust. Because unfortunately right now, because of what's happening, not in the same ballpark, but like she almost borderline has like Tessa Blanchard levels of heat right now. I was going to say that different, Different reasonings why, but like no one wants to work with Tessa. I don't think any other woman in any other roster wants to fucking deal with her either because of what's ha- like with Charlotte because of what's happening. So like, yeah. it would have to take a lot of trust building. I feel like for that to happen, but like, the whole thing's a mess because uh, they showed the, the what caused everything to happen on SmackDown. On the replay mm-hmm. of SmackDown, they edited it out. Yeah. But then you've got people saying that her entire camp is telling her to fucking leave, and then you've got random fucking idiot marks on the internet saying that WWE's behind all this in the first place, which I'm like, they edited out what the fuck happened. They're saving her ass. Like, it's just, it's a fucking, it's a nightmare. It's a mess. Yeah. It's a a big mess, dude. Mike? Last, Last piece of business before I'd say we dive into this fucking thing. Um... Speaking of big gets that are coming over from WWE, uh, the former Bray Wyatt has his uh, 90-day non-compete end. And it you literally watched it hit me. He changed his Twitter handle to Wyndham6 from Bray Wyatt WWE. And I was just curious. Six. There's not a number six in the dark order. And that just hit. We got, we got two slack jaws in unison. So, Yo. Take that for what it is, right? Apparently, he hasn't had conversations with many people, but um, 
Yeah, you have one, two, three, four, and five. There's no six, no seven. Colt Cabin has eight, no nine, and then you have Preston Vance's ten. Mike, what are your thoughts on Bray revitalizing the IRS? All right, well, you guys have a great podcast. I'll see you guys around. <laughs> we talked about it right before you got on. <laughs> and they were like, you should have saved that. And I'm like, I'll get something with it. There it is. <laughs> there the fuck it is. All right. It's um, fun, everybody. Pain and suffering at this point. I appreciate that. Thank you a bunch. <laughs> All right. With that, since uh, Mr. Uh, Rotunda is in the opening contest of uh, this pay-per-view, Cortland, why don't we dive into the true meat and potatoes of this episode, our Halloween edition of Up and Over. Uh, the NWA WCW co-promoted Halloween Havoc from 1989. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. October 28th at the Philadelphia Civic Center. Attendance 7,300 roughly, even though Ric Flair claimed 10,000. He don't know how to and fucking count. This one is <laughs> settling the scores, the tagline for this one. Uh, you got Jim Ross and Bob Cottle. Bob Cottle, mid-Atlantic champion. Uh, wrestling, coming off of the heels of the Great American Bash, which is the first of its kind. And uh, this is the first of its kind as well. And we get to see it in longevity, obviously, the years of Halloween Havoc, even the one that we had uh, this Wednesday. Um, with watching this back, uh, did you feel any bit of Halloween no, at all? No. <laughs> No, I just want This certainly yeah. was just a name for a pay per view, but at the same yeah. time, look at the production quality from 1989 to like even 1996, right? You're talking less than a decade. Um, things started to matter a little bit more in terms of your production sets with in your house events and things like that. Um, but yeah, this certainly was just like, oh yeah, Halloween Havoc or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Today. They have like, like random, like fucking ancient Greece columns on, like, where their entrance was. Like, it, yeah, there was a yeah. lick of fucking spooky... Welcome to the pandemonium at the Pantheon! This is Jim... Like, fuck off. Except you know for I mean? the like... thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the only boy. thing spooky the entire night was just them looming the Thunderdome. The whole time. Before before we dive into that first match, I quite literally, the only thing I have written between, like, the opener and then, um, like, the first match, like, I have, like, the Civic Center, the attendance, everything. I just have, let's applaud how far production quality's come in 33 years. Yeah. Yeah. Captain Mike Rotunda versus the Z-Man Tom Zank. Um, This was uh, a match, man. Cortland, what you got on notes for this, my friend? Uh, not a whole lot, but I do have that, uh, I can't say his name right, Gary Capita, I believe his name is, uh, was marked as the most dangerous ring announcer, um, is what they <laughs> announced him as. And I just was like, what? So, I had to write that down. Um, That's bro, they're fucking bad. The, the fucking commentary team, their backstage interviewers, they were all a fucking disaster. It was From bad. start to so, finish. Um, it was bad, man. He, uh, he did, however, work, for, work backstage in Ring of Honor. He was ring announcer for the game Showdown Legends of Wrestling. 
And uh, he was involved as the AEW Revolution main event weigh-in master of ceremonies. Wow. The Jericho and Hangman match. Oh, so, uh, that's pretty 17 cool. goddamn monikers over here. I like yeah, it. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. He's like the Chris Jericho of fucking ring announcers. This is tight. <laughs> uh, I have written down it was a cool sequence in the beginning. A uh, good up and over. Shout out to us. And uh, it was basic style kind of wrestling match, uh, as you're going to see through most of this card. Uh, there's great rope, rope work. Um, there's really cool leg scissors that turns into an abdominal stretch, both being used on the ropes. I feel like we don't see it enough. Um, yeah. It's really cool. But, however, the next thing I do have written down after that is shit finish. Which uh, we're gonna get to uh, yeah, for a, like a night, night of the a living shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Resident yeah. Evil, yeah. where everyone dies, yeah. but like poorly. They didn't call it a match. They were calling it the first event of Halloween Havoc. Like this yeah. match specifically wasn't a match; it was an event, mm-hmm. um, okay. which felt weird. Um, it was enjoyable for what it was, which was an opener. That's the most you were going to get out of it. It was um, fine. Yeah. That's it was yeah. fine. It went fine. a little too long. Thirteen and a half minutes, probably a little too long for my taste <sighs> in two thousand twenty-one. Um, yeah. but it just felt like Rotunda was leaps and bounds better than the Z-Man in the ring. Yeah, the, and the uh, it showed a lot. Ladies, it showed. Ladies, call him the Z-Man. <laughs> As he's getting thrown out of the ring straight onto the floor, they're like, the ladies call him the Z-Man. I'm like, the fuck is happening here? Um, I will just note that uh, Z-Man pissed off the crowd for winning. Yeah. Oh, buddy. They were not happy. They were so mad. (laughs) You literally won off of a crossbody reversal. Um, No. Only other note that I have written down did that man just throw up in his mouth as he's celebrating outside? <laughs> <laughs> I went one and three quarters on it. I enjoyed it for yeah. what it was, but um, I will never watch that match again. No, no, I gave it one and three quarters as well. I was probably nicer just because I was trying not to openly shit on everything that WCW's ever done. I gave it a two sure. and a half. Oh wow! Solely because I was like, it's the opener. What? I like Mike Rotunda. I do. My first note yeah. was IRS in all caps. I just, yeah. I was like, hell yes, my boy. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but I was uh, like, before I, we move on, I was personally trying very hard not to be not the shit. Uh, oh, uh, just we're heal. All, we're not. We're not far away from this one, bud. You go ahead, Cortland. What, what, what was next on this card, my friend? Oh, next on this card. Oh, man. Well, so there, it, uh... there was an interview. Oh, no, we have the backstage. Picture. Yeah. Bruno San Martino is there. He is your special guest referee. Says he uh, won't stop the match, and it will be up to uh, Ole Anderson and Gary Hart. Yeah. And uh, he's going to let everything go, which we do see happen. Wait, yeah. Uh, which I feel like was that... the only way to win the match in the fucking first place. Yeah. So why do we need yeah. Bruno for that? <laughs> But what I have written down for that, the light blue button up with the black bow tie look for the refs looked really good at that time. It was real sharp. I liked it. I liked it a lot. 
Also, Bruno San Martino is like a cold blooded killer, dude. Like, yeah, dude. That's <laughs> yeah. fucking terrifying. Yeah. yeah like... <laughs> well, wait a minute. No uh, way. He, let's uh, let's correct our speech here. He was right. He, oh, he was, was terrifying. Was yeah. R.I.P. Um, to the legend, R-I-P. but yeah. I mean, then now forever. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the next match. Anyways, on this card. up next, up next, we have Cornette introducing the toughest man in the world, Steve Doctor Death Williams. Oh, yeah. Uh, for those who uh, remember Steve Doctor Death Williams, uh, got the death knocked out of him. Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Can we cover the brawl for all on one of these? Please. Too? Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he got fucking starched during the break. <laughs> he took a quick nap for all of us to see. Which is like oh, weird and like Jeff. shitty to think about because like he is fucking terrifying as fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. It pissed me off that he was Steve Dr. Death Williams because I always remember him being Dr. Death Steve Williams. So, Jim Cornette, yeah. you can eat shit if you ever hear this one for that one, bud. Oh, don't yeah. worry. That's going to be said a lot tonight. Oh. Uh, well, next, this isn't going to help you either. This man says, they've wrecked more homes than Hurricane Hugo. Yo, he's dead. I said this. <laughs> 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 more here. homes than Hurricane Hugo. <laughs> the two ugliest motherfuckers the on the face of the earth. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. And I mean, these motherfuckers. <laughs> Oh my god, dude. Good old Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane, the Midnight Express. Fucking just train wreck looking motherfuckers. Stan Lane Lane botched every single. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, uh. So we got Dr. Death, Midnight Express versus the Samoan SWAT team and the Samoan Savage. With the Big Kahuna. Sir Oliver yeah. Humperdinck. Humperdinck. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh my god. Oh, boy. I yeah, yeah, dude. There was some crazy hair. <laughs> there was some oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. There was mullets. We had fucking just <laughs> we had bleach tipped fucking They look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> bro, bro, he said they called them home wreckers, and then they came out, and I was like, "These are the two ugliest motherfuckers I've ever seen." I'm like, "They should be mass wrestlers. We should just yeah. not see them." Literal thumb people from Spy Kids, like fuck them. Fuck um, really bad bleach si- mullets. Jim Cornette's was- stupid fucking jacket. What Jim the Cornette fu- in general? What was that? This was jacket? the. Uh, this was the second longest match of the night. Bro, um, holy fuck. 18 minutes? It was not yeah, bad. 18 minutes, 23 seconds. It bad. took forever for this match to start, though. It not only took yeah. forever. I had to go back and time this. It took damn near 15 minutes into that match before the Samoan SWAT team and the Samoan Savage took any type of heel advantage in this match. It made no motherfucking sense. Yeah. They just got um, thrown around for fucking like 13 and a half minutes. The crowd loved Terrible. it. 
Yeah, yeah. the crowd loved it. Fucking the crowd hate. ate this shit alive. Like yeah, Doctor Death got a huge hot tag, and that crowd lost. When he showed his fire, the crowd was like fucking shaking, like it was Dude, vibrating it was in that place. It's crazy. Doctor Death it. fucking then, uh, waved at the crowd, and they fucking lost their minds. That crowd oh, loved yeah. Doctor Death. Like, there's a few people on here him, that they dude. loved. Holy uh, shit! Uh, yeah. Right after uh, that big pop for Doctor Death, uh, Jr. mentions that Stan Lane was founded by Ric Flair and Myrtle Beach, Beach Party. Yeah, yeah. At Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Myrtle Beach, baby. He also said after that. He also said after that. Who, what better role model for a young wrestler than Ric Flair? Yeah. Which literally made me cry. <laughs> Get a that moment of silence for that being the worst thing said this night. The um, only other thing yeah. that I have about this match is there's a moment that Steve Williams reverses an Irish whip and clotheslines Samu in the corner, right? And the cameraman's on the apron and JR says, He's taking you right in the ring. And then they cut to the like the hard cam. And this fucking cameraman has a massive rig on his shoulder and is gripping onto the fucking rope with all he has left. He's like holding on for dear life, sweating. Like, oh. I laughed. I laughed so fucking hard. I mean, that camera weighs like 35 pounds. Leave him alone. And he's literally like right there, and they're fucking working on him essentially. And he's like, oh, huh? and he's just fucking gripped. Like, please don't fucking die. Like, fucking uh, the only thing that I want to make, note, make noteworthy is at this point, granted, we are two matches in. I write, is Bob one of the worst fucking commentators ever? <laughs> I was exhausted by the end of this match. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a collective 30 almost 32 minutes ring time and i'm sweating watching the rest of this like i'm like this is it took me three days to finish this paper yeah. three fucking days <laughs> for real it's just it's painful man it's painful dude bro. <laughs> the samoans so come away with the victory after pandemonium breaks out and uh it looks like uh Jim Cornette kind of screwed his team. That's what it came down to. Um, yep. I, this you. was fun. I went two and a quarter on it. I enjoyed it more than the open. God damn, this was a struggle to get to two and a quarter too. Yeah, two and a quarter is what I would I would agree on that that's, as well. I gave fair. it two. I gave it two. Uh, oh. I do. I really do enjoy the Samoan SWAT team. Uh, also, how do you feel about the name the Samoan Savage, though? Jesus. I was just like, how fucking late? I mean, we got the Samoan SWAT team and the Samoan Savage. I'm like, how lazy is this? Like, we're just literally going to be like, oh, everyone's Samoan. So you're Samoan. Yeah. You're the Samoan SWAT team. There was a lot of like right. underhanded, right. like, there was some like mm -hmm. underhanded sure. racist tones about. The Samoans sure, too, I'll and I don't like it, but oh, don't you worry, but there's more when you it's... get down the card here, bud. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My favorite match. No, <laughs> uh, but before we move on, oh, we move on uh, Jr. says that Doctor Death in 1982 took 108 stitches to an injury surrounding his eye or something of the sort. Yeah, he just yeah. took 100. Gave him 108 stitches to the face. I had that written down because how 
fucking insane of a human being you have to be mm-hmm. to get that many stitches on your face. It was like a football They'll injury. still call you Dr. Yeah. Beth. Yeah. That's why you know? he has the fucking moniker, man. <laughs> Dude's a savage. Eight stitches on the face, and it just shows a guy who has, like, his head looks like fucking mega minds so uh, y'all can do with that what you will. um we go backstage and from here on we have promos like in between every single match everyone this first one is one of the better ones of the night uh it's a backstage interview promo with terry funk and i loved it man i think terry got everything he needed to get across um and it was really one of the better ones that we got all night long um but man, Terry Funk, what a fucking guy! Oh man, there was a part where uh, it was Gary Hart, right? Was their manager? Is that right? Yeah. Was it Gary Hart? Be there for that. All I know is that like Terry goes on a fucking rampage, and then right as they're cutting away, you see Hart go, and then it cuts out. Like he's like, I wanted to say one more thing. And they yeah, didn't like, have time for it because we're live, pal. <laughs> fucking Funk is over here losing his goddamn marbles over what he's gonna do. It was <sighs> Terry <laughs> Funk. Terry Funk. Just to get it out there, forty-five years old at this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll Man, let you guys ponder. Fuck? I'll let y'all ponder how he's what? made it to twenty twenty-one, still wrestling. Up until like 2018, 2019, but he's 45 at this time. What the we'll fuck? Crazy, man. Yeah, casual. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to give you guys much chance here. Cuban Assassin versus Wildfire Tommy Rich. This is what I have written down. <laughs> word for word, this is what I have written down. And this has been a, I mentioned it in the in the chat there, uh, in the uh, in the podcast group chat. Uh, this was the shits. Um, even the crowd in eight, like 1989 booed this match. The low light of this match was Rich hitting the shittiest sunset flip I've ever seen in a while. One star. The worst. Get the fuck off my oh, God, dude. Oh, my God. It's just like, I like, what? Like, <laughs> I, I've never heard a crowd more disinterested ever. <laughs> I, the only thing I have noted is that Bob started to speak up a little bit during this match, and Jim <laughs> ignored every fucking thing that came out of his mouth. He, What's would, Jim he would say something and expect it's a it's a statement that re- expects a response, and Jim would be like, "And the Cuban assassin," like he would just completely no sell everything Bob was saying, and was like, "I'm just gonna call this match." Like by myself, <laughs> yeah, just a one man color commentator. <laughs> one man. Um, said, it is important said, to note. Cuban assassin's original name was Fidel. Yes. <laughs> it's important what to note. Fuck? I hated this match. It fucking made me want to like call it quits. Right? <laughs> Listen to me, because it's important that you guys understand. I still went twice as high as I did for Don Marie Tory Wilson. Moving on. Ooh. Well, <laughs> after the uh, match of the night, we had a Freebirds interview. Yo, yeah, yo, this... yo. Can I... <laughs> Go ahead, Pat. Uh, this is all you, bud. 
I love visible cokeheads, man. Like, oh, when, it's just, like showing, <laughs> when it's just showing, you know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It dude, just dynamic like... dudes. Will, City of yeah. sunshine. Well, this Halloween felt like 89 a... make me pass out. This yes. felt this felt like a, a late eighties, early nineties promo though. Like I, I guess I could understand why people enjoyed it back in the day, but good God, did this <laughs> suck ass cheeks. Like imagine this right after the Cuban assassin and fucking wildfire uh dick face. Like get it off. <laughs> well fucking dude dude dude, we got Freebirds versus the dynamic dudes. I almost I almost stopped this pay-per-view when the announcer said that they had a one hour time limit. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna fucking repeat that. They said this match has a one hour time limit. And I was like, no, the fuck it does not. Yeah. I'll stop this match. I'll stop this shit. I checked the time. I was like, there's no way this is going on for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, like, I'll lose my mind. <laughs> you had uh the fabulous Freebirds, which was Michael Hayes and Jimmy Gar uh, as the champions. Uh, taken on the dynamic dudes, which was uh, Shane Douglas and Johnny Ace with Jim Cornette. Um, I laughed. Lauren Nidus, the husband of who is it? Who is it? Isn't isn't it someone insane? It's like the Bella's mother. Yes, the Bella's mom. <laughs> That's yeah. Yes, the Bella's weird. the Bella twins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Their mom is married to Johnny Motherfucking Ace. Yeah, well, this um, this Ooh. match. Dude, could you I, imagine I, I, those family dinners like for Thanksgiving? Like John Laurinaitis, the Bellas, John Cena, Brian Danielson. He's not eating anything because he's vegan. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Ace. Takes shoes off. Johnny Ace just has a picture of fucking Vince sitting next to him on the table, and he's like, "Oh, you're he's real like, strong, Vince." <laughs> feeding him mashed potatoes. You like these balls, huh? Like them. Um, <laughs> I have a couple of things oh, I want to mention about this match. So <laughs> Real big. Um, first of all, if this they're was a, if this, but they're if, pretty big. If this was a <laughs> fuck. Okay. So this was a tag team match for the tag team titles. Yes. Yeah, sorry, I had to mute myself for a minute, man. Uh, yeah, this is a the... uh, tag team match for the NWA World Tag Team Championship. Where in the sweet fuck was Michael P.S. Hayes' goddamn belt? There was one belt out there. Yeah, there was. Y'all didn't one catch belt. that? He sold it. <laughs> <laughs> he sold it. That shit was in his nose. That's what it was. He's gonna take this belt. Put her. <laughs> Right here. <laughs> Where, where's your belt, Hayes? I said, doot, doot, doot. And I got rid of it. <laughs> also, uh, Jim, I'm hoping you have one of the same notes as I do because it uh, fucking pissed me off in this match. Uh, my next note is uh, Jim Cornette. This is directly to you. I hope you fucking see this at some point. Uh, there's ring announcers for a fucking reason. Uh, you don't need to re-announce your fucking tag team after they've already been announced. You fucking tennis racket carrying motherfucker. <laughs> God, I have, uh, he, he did it both times, and I was like, I don't give a shit. They already got announced. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy C needs to talk. That's all it is. Um, I have the dynamic dudes. What a gimmick. Also, 
everybody hits the ropes like Hulk Hogan, and it's making me laugh. <laughs> it pissed me off after I thought about it. <laughs> the crowd. Everyone from that era hits the ropes like that. It infuriates. Like, you hit it like on the. Like, what are you doing? Sideways and hard as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the crowd loved the champion. Specifically, they loved Jimmy Garvin. Um, and why the fuck did the ropes sound like they were about to burst at any fucking time, dude? Just no. we were, dude, especially the Warriors we match. Were, Jesus oh. Christ! The I thought that ring was gonna fucking the break. The whole ring moved twice. <laughs> yeah, I dude. watched it fucking shift when fucking Animal hit it. He just went. Meh. I was like, Ooh. oh my god! I was like, what the fuck is this sitting on? Yeah, uh, the coolest part of the match was Shane Douglas going nuts with three drop kicks in succession. Um, also, there were dueling horns in the crowd. Yeah. Uh, the dueling horns in the crowd were fucking cool as shit to me. Uh, I feel like that's something that is, you don't ever hear anymore unless you're watching AAA. Um, mm. And so that was cool. But the finish fucking sucked ass cheeks. The yeah. match was rough in general from start to finish. Uh, what was the uh, finish for this match? It went 11 minutes and 28 seconds, uh, I believe. Freebirds? Yeah, Freebirds. Whatever, as per they do. Yeah, and uh, I went two and a half on it. I enjoyed it more than I any of the other matches. Specifically, enjoyed it way more than Tommy Rich versus the Cuban Assassin. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, what? Real quick, forgot to mention this. Um, Tommy Rich was wearing crushed velvet trunks. <laughs> Oh, let him. Let yes, him live. he was. I forgot about that too. <laughs> let him live. Yeah, this man looked. He wanted to be Ric Flair so fucking so bad. <laughs> had fucking the boots. Had the, I, you know, I just wasn't going to go that far in. We moved on. Yeah, I'm not going to show that match. Moving forward, we got the only thing. Deserve the time. No, I'm. So, I'm moving on. So if you want to okay, say so, something. Uh, some some saving grace for you. Jim Cornette lost both his matches that he was uh, goddamn right he did in the corner for so. Eat um, shit, Jimmy. Moving on to the yeah. next thing. You know what else? Eat the... shit. Oh, this yes. Steiner promo. Oh man! You mean the greatest <laughs> oh, Steiner promo? The greatest promo of the night. Yo, Scott Steiner is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. I don't know why I didn't think he was ever that bad. So when That's Mike bad when Mike when Mike watched this several days ago, he mentions <laughs> me personally and was like, "Bro, this fucking Steiner promo." And I was like, I laughed because I was like, oh. "It's fucking it's Steiner's." I get it. And then I watched it and I mentioned him. I was like, "Jesus Christ, you weren't wrong. What the fuck is this?" Yeah, so that bad. was a private thing. I hit you up just to be like, "By the way, I know. Prep I yourself." <laughs> Because you're losing brain cells watching this that you'll never get back. Because you always, you th everyone thinks about Steiner math. And then you go, uh, what the fuck was that? Yeah, and then you're like, where did that, yeah. that come from? That's so weird for him to know. It's been here since 1989. He just <laughs> rambles like a fucking psychopath. Rick, I literally wrote. I said, Rick, what in the sweet fuck are you saying? Because he just went off. 
I'm gonna get one and I'm gonna surround. It was so bad. I, I mean, forgive me for forgetting who was conducting that interview, but even he was like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" Like, Like, my career's over. These fuckers. (laughs) You see, traditionally, when you go in a tag team match, you have a fifty-fifty chance of winning. I'm sick of this. It's been way too long. Um, the crowd went fucking crazy for the Steiners. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, the Steiners were over as fuck. They just can't talk. Yeah. Rick Steiner with a full head of hair was my favorite part of this match. Are we already at the... Did they jump to the match already? It, yeah. goes, it goes Steiner interview straight into um, Steiners yeah, coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And fucking bro. Which dude is just they sent the lady like thirty times. Woman. Oh, really? Like during they kept saying the lady. Oh, they the kept lady? Saying, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm blaming Bob for that. Bob probably fucked that up. Uh yeah, it opens fast with uh, like tornado style brawl. Crowd's hot for the Steiners. Uh shout out Ron Simmons. Just you know. Juiced out of his mind. Yeah, yeah. Ron Simmons is a fucking, or is he, uh, was he Doom number one? Doom one. Doom one. He is. Tank of a human being. He is the definition of thick. He is a big motherfucker, dude. I was like, God, (laughs) Jesus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. uh, In this match with Woman, they uh, really put over, uh, like, the history of her being there. Introduced as a super fan. Yeah. Um, Always wearing Steiner merch. Uh, she eventually turns on them, lines herself with Kevin Sullivan, uh, adopting the name Woman after weeks of not being uh, given a name away. They said she ended up loving the name Woman or something of the sort. Um, then she lines herself with Doom, and eventually we do see her with Flair and the Horsemen. I feel like that's what a lot of people um, remember her time as. Sure. Um, is Kevin Sullivan and her time with the Horsemen, um, but uh, it it's a fun fact that in among other things, yeah, I was gonna yeah. say where are you going with this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a, I was gonna say that it's a fun little fact that what's uh, what's the other dude's name in Doom? I, I completely forgot. It was uh, Butch Reed who Butch, just died earlier. Butch Reed, yes. thank you. I just yeah. I have it written down on the yeah. last page. Um, he was also in uh, the first ever main event for Survivor Series. Survivor Series, oh, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. He's on the first ever Halloween Havoc, and he's on the first Survivor Series. Okay. Yeah, that was a yeah. footnote. Um, but mainly in this match, it's just a whole lot of ass whooping. Um, yeah. A whole lot of fucking suplexes out the fucking... <laughs> Nines, uh, headbutt, stiffs. Uh, I enjoyed this match surprisingly. Yeah, now that yeah, I think I back on it, it was pretty cool. Um, there was a, a I mean, moment where I don't know what they were going for, but Ron Simmons oh. picks up Rick Steiner and fucks him up on the rope. I think he was going for like a power yeah. bomb or something, and his head like snaps off the rope. Yeah, like, he yeah. said he fucking killed him. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking killed him. It's that's it. It's over. Oh god. Oh man. But I enjoyed the match uh, a lot. Um, the threat yeah. of woman being present was really cool, yeah. 
and they played onto it without exhausting that. How did you? Um, uh, how did y'all like that uh, spot where she puts a mystery object into the mask of of Doom <laughs> of Doom One? Man's head's big enough to knock you out with a headbutt, anyway. <laughs> and then Rick yeah. gets fucking tries to go for a headbutt and gets knocked the fuck out. Um. And it was, I don't know, it was, it was something, man. It Classic was, uh, looking. What a, what a weird finish, but, um, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Like, I thought the match was sick, um, and yeah. Doom looked fucking awesome. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I gave it two and a half. That's fair. Um, I, I went two three. To three. On it. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I'd probably say two and a half just because that that finish kind of made me giggle too much. I was like, oh, okay. Like, it's yeah, fucking... Yeah, the finish really it's, killed it. It's but, sticking uh, this far out of his fucking part. head, like, hey, yeah, what is that? Is an object protruding from his... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, man. That's what it was. Mercy. Okay. All right. I found, the, I found a gif of it. I'll send it to you right now, Casey. Just expect it. Okay. Um, I'll send it in the group chat. I want you guys to all look at it before we move on. Um, it's important to me so you guys can understand what I'm talking about because this man should have fucking died. Um, found a gif of it. I'm so proud of you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoy that one, bud. Wait till you see it because it's a fucking doozy. Read. Go ahead and read. Don't read it out loud, but read what it says. Y'all can drink that shit in. Gonna punch my mic. His head cracks off that rope, man. Oh. It looked so bad. I was like, he killed him. He's oh, fucking man. dead. Like, there's no other, there's no other like way around this. Well, um, they do get the, uh, they get the win, uh, beating the Steiners. They get the three count of the headbutt with the, what uh, Jr. would say that foreign object. Um, the next matchup, or rather, we have a Lex Luger promo. Where uh, he says he's the champion of the nineties, yeah. champion of the nineties. Yeah, he's uh, got anything to say about this moniker before we move on? Um, not so much the champion of the nineties because uh, knock knock Lex, I have some bad fucking news for you. Um, yeah. but he said that Brian Pillman did well in his exhibition matches, but now that he's on the big stage, he's gonna wilt from the pressure of the total package, which was fucking cool as shit. Um, yeah. I enjoyed that a lot, but. Uh, the champion of the nineties. <laughs> if only you knew what well, I know now. <laughs> yeah, I swear, my God, dude. Yeah. Well, Brian Brian runs out to the ring with a sick ass song. I don't know if y'all listen to that shit, but uh, probably the coolest theme song. Uh, that at least for this night, um, he has a he has cheerleaders with him. Yeah, which. I mean, we've seen now, uh, we've seen it over and over again, but it, it's it's pretty damn cool, the similarities that you see in Brian Pillman Jr.'s work. I mean, like, the just the second turn or second turnbuckle crossbody, uh, he pretty much has the same hot uh, pickup. Uh, the drop kicks, dude, they're identical. Yeah. Like, uh, it's crazy to watch this match back and knowing what I know now. Yeah. And dude, his it's it's awesome, dude. I, I really enjoyed Brian in this match. Um 
JR puts Lex over hard as shit in this match. Um, and there's a lot of, about like halfway through, there's a lot of people in the crowd that are not backing Lex Luger. Um, he was a heel at this time. Let's yeah. not lose sight of that. Yeah, Fans which is very surprising. Was sh- kind of shitting on him, but this was like mid-heel run for Lex Luger. Yeah. It's just it's just weird, man, because there's some people that are he still has the women pop, you know, he still has that like that core of the crowd that cheers for every impact move of his. Yeah. But then anytime he has the uh, uh advantage, you know, doing like the uh after a hip toss or a drop down, and then he sits there and like uh, there's even a point that I have written down that this man no is no selling a Dude. like I, I can't even find the word for it right now, but like uh like a shoulder press at the arm bar or something. Yeah. Um and he's, he's an just yelling at the he crowd. He literally didn't give a shit. Yeah, like his he's just like this. He's like, Hey, shut up. Yeah. Hey, you <laughs> shut up. Yeah, oh. Literally shit talking hey, about that arm bar. Shut up. <laughs> it's over and over again. And I was just like, Jesus, Lex, could you just yeah. Do something. Um, there's a really cool in this match with uh, the springboard clothesline from Pillman. There's a beautiful sunset flip. Um, it's a cool match to look back on. It is, however, 16 minutes and 49 seconds. Could have been a little bit shorter. Trim off three minutes, four minutes, and it probably would have. You still tell the same done. story. It would have told yeah. the same story. You could have got a little bit more in there. Um, one of the more ways that uh, they did these awful finishes then, because of uh, not having finishers themselves, is a flapjack finish to the top rope. And it's the three down. Which is really surprising. Just It's not surprising when you look at this card and you see the finishes for all, this, all these matches. But after a match like that, I feel like, dude, a suplex would have done me good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, really, a drop kick from the top, that springboard would have done fine. Really anything. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't give this match as much as I wanted to, but I gave it three and a quarter. I did too. Um, a few things popped out at me real quick. Uh, fans trying to touch Lex Luger's ass as he's hitting the ring. Like, he's, like, at the at the ring, and they're, like, reaching, trying to squeeze his ass cheek. Made me laugh. Um, I didn't realize how similar the gimmick for Brian Pillman was to his sons now. Like, including yeah, the like cheerleaders, the like you said. Um, this match made me appreciate both of their work a ton. Uh, this was, like, a really good work rate match, considering what else was on the card. It was paced really, really fucking well. Um, Luger made Pillman look amazing throughout the first half of the match, like really put him on with his fire. Um, But like at the end, the finishes just were bad on this card, man. You miss, like you have a weird botched missile drop kick, which like looks like Lex was supposed to eat it, but he didn't. And then they immediately go into that. Yeah. They immediately go and like still takes a flat back for yeah, it, which is interesting. That's what I'm saying. There's no way that yeah. that wasn't a mess up. But they go directly into the finish, which I guess was the best option. 
Um, and then you had like Luger act like a heel after, like rip the belt away and just kind of storm off with it. Like he was a bona fide heel at this time, and that crowd kind of fucked him, getting the reception that he really should have gotten as a heel. Sure. Uh, Casey, you got any uh, notes for this match? It might be controversial. Uh oh. But there you go. Love that. I really wrote down. Was Brian just this fucking good, or did I just really hate everything that Lex ever did? Mm. Like, mm. there was something about it where I'm just like, is Lex just really that shitty of a wrestler, in my opinion? Or, like, was Brian just like, did he just blow me away in this match? Yeah. I don't know which one it is. It might be a combination of both. I also, like, have like all of like the Lex Express just like in my fucking brain and like all of that shit. So I'm just like that's it. I have like that stuck back there. So I think that might be a problem. Um but like Brian was just just fucking incredible. Yeah. And it like it honestly kind of surprised me, which I feel like is kind of rude. But like I guess I just didn't really expect like that level of like talent for what seems like he was only for what they said, he was only in the only in the business for a couple of years. So, yeah, he was in the year he was in the business for three years at that point. Yeah, so just um, naturally talented, super, son of a bitch. Yeah, still super green, but just had that natural charisma and just got it done. Someone else that also knows how to hold a Glock. You know, he probably learned from Arn. <laughs> wanna... Good God, Pat, how'd you like this match, man? Love it. Um, honestly. But I, I think my favorite match on the card. Um, and it wasn't even like that great, you know? It was just was like Brian Cole was insane. Yeah. Like he was just good. Um, it's weird to me because when I was a kid, I felt like I liked Lex Luger because I liked WCW when I was a kid or whatever. And I felt like I liked Lex Luger as a kid. But anytime I look back at Lex Luger matches as an adult, I'm like, this man is kind of fucking trash. Like, mm-hmm. he's not really that great of a wrestler. You get the blind eye. Yeah. You know, you get the physique and your your ideal of a pro wrestler is what Lex Luger looks like. Yeah. Right? Like, he is the total package at eyesight. And then you get him in the ring. It's like the same thing that you've, we've gotten with a lot of wrestlers. I'm not going to go down the list of people that I think are really still in the business just because of the way you look and that you're not, you're really not a good wrestler at all. Sure. Um, Half of WWE's main roster. Get credit for being. Wait, wait, what'd you say? I said, you mean half of WWE's main roster? And we will keep continuing. I mean, yes. (laughs) The new crop of NXT? I was mainly going to talk about Batista. Oh, really? (laughs) Batista said he's never going to wrestle again. Um, That's really cool. Like Ryback, even right, he was built like a motherfucker, but yeah, like ass in the ring. Um, and you're also both just bad, you suck ass and you're both crybaby ass bitches. Whoa, like whoa, you packed your bags and, left, and you decided to go do anything and everything but else. Someone, like, someone bringing back up recently on Twitter the Twitter poll that Ryback did of where would you want me to return to, and, and everyone retire. just voted for Tiger. That was because of Monsoor. So after the Crown Jewel match, Monsoor. uh Ryback tweeted like, "How could you ever get money? I like, see money or some <laughs> shit." 
and uh, Mansoor. Like, you could give them the Stone Cold theme song or some shit. And he wouldn't get, get over it. Yeah. Is what it said? That's what it said. And then, uh, <laughs> and then Mansoor's response to that was just him posting the retire poll. Oh, man. <laughs> and then, like, there's so many other wrestlers that tweeted back at it, and they're like, you are now my favorite that Ryback legally changed his name to Ryback. I'm sorry, what? I <laughs> Wait, had to look kidding, it up because right? I was like, what's his real name? And uh, Ryback Allen Reeves. He was born Ryan Allen Reeves. That man actually changed his name. <sighs> I fucking hate him so much. I'm gonna get oh, off of here now. Anyways, <laughs> we 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 now are at the uh, promo segment with the Road Warriors. Yeah, yeah, where uh, they're using the old school Batman promo voice. Man, I love it. Yeah, it was you know? sick. This it fucking was. ruled. It was. Me. It was pretty fun. The one thing I will say, and it was very funny, was having Paul Elric in the back, like. You don't see shit. Yeah, he's like fully dark from <laughs> the like, lights. I just want to be seen. <laughs> oh, Paul Yeah, Hawk crushed his part of this, like the, the promo yeah. that they had. He was like, oh, we're going to tear down the skyscrapers, reducing the rubble, like, like snack on death or whatever it was. Like, it was sick. Like, uh, snack on danger, dine on death, dead men don't make money. Like, fucking yeah, tough, I have man. dead men don't make money right now. <laughs> it was sick. That it shit is hard. Well, the best promo at this point of the night. For sure. They uh, they come out to what I believe is like a, the Black Sabbath riff. It is fucking of, uh, Iron Man, but it's the instrumental only. It is the yeah, hardest fucking thing I have ever seen. Because <laughs> they've got the oh, fucking yeah. spiked fucking like gauntlet boot things on top of the fact that they've got their pads, and I'm like fucking Iron Man is playing in the background. I'm like this and is fucking tight. That was the craziest the crowd went all night. Was when that fucking yeah. song. Was they lost their fucking yeah. minds. Fucking when those dudes came out. crazy. <laughs> I it was too. awesome. It was- Holla, well, holla, holla, Teddy Long was in this motherfucking match. He was. Yes, he was. Teddy with, Long looked crazy, man. With Dan Spivey and Sid Vicious, who Vicious looked fucking huge, dude. Yeah. He looked humongous. <laughs> I didn't this know. man looked like he fell off the test tree and hit all of them. Going to the ship. Going into this, I didn't really know about the Skyscrapers tag team, and I wanted to try to, like, look at them a little more. And I finally discovered why Teddy Long has such a love for The Undertaker while he was on SmackDown is because the masked Skyscraper was Mark Calloway. So he's looked at them way back then, and I'm like, that's why he wants everyone to go one-on-one. He's been a manager for fucking 30 years. been a manager this whole time. It's great. I love it. Yeah. This, uh, uh, there's a crazy shoulder throw from Sid to, uh, I believe it's Hawk. Um, dude, he just spins with this man like helicopter yeah, and, just, and just fucking, we see it all the time yeah. now, but yeah. for yeah. him to do it to that I was, big of a guy. I was thinking, that's literally what I was about to say. I was thinking cool. watching it, I was like, I think he is too big to take that. Spot, man. He it just was, like it's just 
it was a scary oh, it, was <laughs> it was a scary spot because mm-hmm. I'm gonna say something y'all can get mad I don't give a fuck Hawk is probably one of the worst fucking wrestlers ever yeah and so him literally getting just tossed like a rag doll by fucking Sid I was like he's gonna land with his neck fucking back and he's gonna break his neck or something like don't you worry he does that later uh-huh. on in this match and I made a note of it <laughs> yeah notably though also as well this was the match that i noticed the ring had moved several times because these are four of the largest fucking human beings just aggressively throwing each other into the ropes the whole time that ring shook for 11 minutes and 39 seconds (laughs) and uh dear god teddy long dude what the fuck is this key thing First yeah. of all, can we talk about the absolute fucking just drip of an outfit that man was wearing? Dude, yeah, right. it was oh, unbelievable. Right, right. Hold Teddy on, Long. what did he call himself? Uh, the uh, the street smart manager or some shit like that. Teddy Long looked insane, bro. He looked like a dude about to ask you for fucking uh, fucking Newport. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 Holy shit. Yeah, and then, yeah, we get a DQ finish because of a fucking gold key? Yeah. Yeah, like, he would be given the key to a city or something. Yeah. I, I like, <laughs> and they, they, sold, they sold the fuck out them key shots, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah damn it, um, I, I just figured it out. The reason like why up. Teddy had the key was because Michael P.S. Hayes sold him the key to the city of Bad Street, USA, for a bump of coke. coke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I got it, man. I, it all makes it's just it's coming together. Guys. It's yeah. coming together. A key to the CD for another key in the city. Yeah. How long was this match? It was eleven minutes and thirty-nine seconds. Yeah, it was probably ten minutes too long. Uh, <laughs> eleven minutes too long, yeah. Yeah. The uh the road warriors <laughs> were blown up to hell and back. Um as they always were. Dan Spivey goes to throw Hawk outside of the ring after the DQ. And instead of making it outside of the ring, nope. Hawk spikes himself on his fucking head on the apron. I paused it, rewind it twice. I watched it three times, sent it to Ethan once, like, look at this shit. This is crazy. I'll say exactly what I said to Ethan. This is what you're missing out on, Ethan. I literally said, um, I said, man, I'll snap you this in a second. Watch Hawk Lynch straight on his fucking head. He responded, just saw the clip, LOL, what a goof. <laughs> what a goober. Spiked, spiked himself. I see him grab for his head like, oh, I'm probably concussed. Gets right back in the ring and does a fucking flying clothesline off the top rope. I'm like, this man was certified ready to die in 1989. So before we move on uh, from this match, we do have Paul Elring, like we said. And uh, getting a little bit back towards current wrestling, or almost current wrestling, how do y'all feel about AOP making a return to pro wrestling? Did they? Yeah. I mean, no, I'm saying oh, how they do you they feel about that um, happening? I, I probably wouldn't give a shit. Um, Damn. They had so much promise, dude. They did, they but then, did, like, man. they just did nothing 
Um, and as far as I know, like one of them's working at a grocery store. That's not me talking shit. That's dead serious. Like they don't want anything to do with wrestling anymore, which is crazy. Um, but I just don't know where you'd put them, right? New Japan, put them on New Japan Strong, have them beat the shit out of like Young Lions. That'd be cool. Impact. Yeah, but really, like them and who Finn Juice, like that's who you're gonna put them against. I don't fucking know, dude. I'm just throwing like, out options. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, like I don't know. Um, Paul Ellering took a bump in this too, didn't? Like at the end of it. Yeah, um, yeah. Man, Paul Ellering's a fucking king. Deserves the world. I went two and a quarter on it. Um, I thought it was good for what it was, but it really was probably a few, like three, four minutes too long. Um, you could see how spent the Road Warriors were. Like, they were not built for this shit. Yeah, even uh, JR said he was like, I'll be surprised if this match goes 10 minutes. Yeah. And he said that like the first two minutes of the match. <laughs> I want to. They were flying around. I want to toss this out there. Toss it. Do we only like the Road Warriors because of their look? Because of what? I'm sorry, their look. Their look? Yeah, for sure. Appearance-wise, coolest motherfuckers in the world. Right. In ring ability, I feel bad for Animal. Animal has to carry every fucking match they're in because Hawk gets winded 35 seconds into the match. I'll say this. I'd rather watch this shit of Warriors and Legion of Doom than watch LOD 2000. Holy shit. LOD 2000's rough. (laughs) No, 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 no. Um, give me. I know what you're gonna say, and I don't want you to. Don't bring it up. Hide and hide and give me hide and hide. Oh my god! Oh, give me LOD 2005. Let me read you a poem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I am gonna pass out by the end of this podcast. I swear to God. Oh, we've already made oh, it to the main what? event. We've Thank fucking. God. I'm telling you, three days to watch this fucking paper. It was bad, man. It was I rough, man. Every time like that. I had time to watch it, I was like, I don't even want to do that right now. Like, dude, I'm spent. <laughs> Actually, I'm not gonna lie. There was a couple like when like yesterday, especially. I didn't have. I normally like to watch stuff while I fucking work because I work from home and I, I had half debated on watching this. And then I said, I don't want to be sad right now. And then I decided to watch something else. Uh, And then I, this morning I was like, I don't have a choice. I have to watch this. (laughs) (laughs) And at seven o'clock in the morning, I fired this fucker up. So it's, it's been a long day with this. Sting and yeah. Flair interviews up next. Yeah, Sting, Flair, and Ole Anderson. Um, and they just put on for the for the match. Cortland, did you write anything down of about that or no? Uh, I wrote the same bullshit forever. Yeah. So, same, I don't know. It's, I love what, what, you I, got, and what, I, you get what I got out of Sting. I loved what Whoa. I got out of Sting. Sting had, like, this weird, nervous energy of, like, oh, shit, I'm not good at this. And he was, like, I gotta hit this, and I have to hit it right. And so he did it, and you can almost see the moment of, like, relief on his face where he's, like, fuck, yeah, I crushed that. I fucking um, did it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was fucking good shit, though. I enjoyed it for what it was. I like that. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I, I got a, probably, like, the most, like, 
I got was like listening to Sting because I was like, this motherfucker's excited. And I was like, am I supposed to be excited yeah, for this? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the answer is no. <laughs> you didn't like this match. <laughs> okay. No. Oh, Let's man, get no. to the Thunderdome. Oh, man, I this enjoyed the fuck out of it. First of all, I don't know how much money they paid. And I don't think we'll ever get an answer. But you have a Legion of Doom coming out to an instrumental version of Iron Man. And then when the Thunderdome itself is lowering, and then when it's raised at the end of the match, fucking War Pigs is playing in the background. This is probably before copyright was a thing. They probably, probably but the weird part is like they didn't like at least for War Pigs, they they looped it to where it was just the long instrumental intro. There was no yeah. like and like getting into the song it was just like that really long drawn out mm. but like that was probably the coolest part of this entire match dude i went way on the other side of this uh way on the this match. a fire I I this shit. a fire broke out two a seconds fire did in, break out into the match starting awesome. a fire broke out because fucking let's put a bunch of flammable shit on an electrified fence is a smart idea <laughs> and who puts it out? Go ahead, Casey. Who puts it out? Uh, well, two refs attempt to while uh, with their bare fucking hands. While Terry Funk is kicking them through the cage, he is kicking one of the fucking ring helpers through the cage to not put out the fire for some reason. But then Mudo uses his mist on it. What am I talking about? Sorry. Which was cool, God. I guess. Yeah. It was cool as shit. <laughs> his what, what, what am I talking about? This match was amazing. <laughs> um, don't know if anyone else caught that, but because a fucking fire almost broke out, uh, the fence wasn't electrified anymore. Yeah, yeah. So the but, whole purpose of the match Jim being electrified, it being electrified the whole time, because <laughs> all Muda and Funk did the entire match was climb the fucking thing and then hang off of the top like it was a fucking jungle gym. Yeah. But it's supposed to be electrified. <laughs> I hated this match. I hated it so much. So I enjoyed the fuck out of this match. Um, there was a moment where Jim Ross said something about Sting being a youngster and talked about his time as a member of the tag team, the Blade Runners. And he said, I think his partner has not progressed like this kid had. And yeah, I just put, I started out a as a tag team, the Blade Runners. I don't think his partner has progressed as much as this kid has. Once again, as I told Mike this, this is months after SummerSlam 89. He fucking where the Ultimate Warrior becomes the Intercontinental Champion. He cooked the Ultimate Warrior with that, though. That shit put me over big on JR in fucking 89. Um, can we just fucking discuss for a minute how awesome the Great Muda is at working in the ring? It was fucking great shit. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Everything that they did in the match felt like there was massive amounts of purpose to it. Um, I hated the Thunderdome gimmick, but the match itself was fucking great. Um, massive highlights, Sting swinging around like Tarzan. My favorite fucking part of this whole thing. On the news. That shit was so dumb. On the news. That shit was dumb. He wasn't on a rope. That shit was dumb. He was on a news. It was sick. Yo, Rick's cocaine chops in this match. Um, 
I wanted to note, because we had already discussed this, it made zero sense for Bruno to be in this match to begin with. Yeah. But yeah. it is a no pinfall, no submission, no disqualification. The only way to win the match is by one of the two Terminators. Fuck if they didn't say that word a lot of times in this. Um, to throw in a, a literal towel. Why are we using, why are we loosely using tag team rules? We've got, every time it was like, there didn't have to be necessarily a tag, but like, you only ever had like, Flair Muda, or Flair yeah. Funk, and then it would be like, something would happen, but then it'd be like, Sting Muda, and it was like, there's four of you, just fight in the ring, like, the whole time it just didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Like well, we were like half ass using rules. I kind of give give it to them because we weren't getting triple threats or fatal four ways or anything like that really yet. Like yeah, we were getting like the Texas tornado tags and stuff. Yeah. But whenever you have a match like that, especially I feel like when it's being sold in comparison to it just being a live event you want it to be the best shots you can get of each situation so like if i can get sting and muda up here or sting and funk up here and i have a solid two minutes of work with him and they also have them in the ring for an x amount of time it's like you can just flip back and forth between the pieces rather than it just being all in the ring and them just doing things well, like oh, that, shit. that started to happen, but at the beginning, like the first chunk of that match was literally just kind of like a weird tag team match. Yeah, they were, I literally have it written down yeah, that uh, they like did a tag match while saying there was yeah. no DQ, and I hate that shit. And eventually, it broke into like you had a fucking Funk tying up uh, Sting's leg into the cage. So cool. Like that, so cool. like that was happening eventually, but at the like for the first like handful of minutes, it was like a weird tag match, and I was like, "This is why? It, it why are we doing this?" Piece. It gives you that little piece that's like, "Oh shit, are Sting and Rick gonna lose? He's getting tied up. The manager can't get it untied. They're in the ring just beating the shit out of Ric Flair. Ric Flair's taking fucking pile drivers." Ric Flair is just getting his ass whooped for the longest time. And then eventually you get Sting that finally gets out. And this man just does a whole ass leap. Not on a steel cage for people that haven't seen it. No. It's like hell in a cell distance that just doesn't have a top to it. So this man just leaps. Yeah, he fucking stands up. Into the ring. Yells. So loud. Yeah. So loud. <laughs> and just leaps for it. And I, I have it written down. It was a super cool spot. And even though the rope was used so excessively. Um, the swinging with the ropes was too much for me, man. I, I loved it. it I thought it was, I fun. It was a spectacle. <laughs> I thought the... I mean, dude. That's that is some... Indiana Jones ass shit. I loved it. I should have went five, but I didn't. I think the best part of the match was Bruno just punching the ever living shit out of 
out of the great Muda. Out of Muda at the end. <laughs> just to get the pin. No, no, no. I think Loki the best part of the match was the end of the match. I just What'd y'all love go? the fake dive through the towel. That's the enemy. Yeah, it's fun, bro. It's, awesome, <laughs> it's so cool. There was a towel. He gets fucked. <laughs> Ole Anderson, where do I have it written? Uh, uh, Mike, do you have it? I don't know if I wrote it down. No, he essentially no. punches Gary Hart. Gary Hart throws the like the towel in by mistake. It's like only, only hits Gary Hart, and it's like the perfect like talk. It just like dude, it just like lands on his head. It just like rolls to his shoulder, and he's like, "Oh, call the bell! Oh, it's now!" But yeah, dude, I I actually gave this one, this match, the highest rating. Which was? I gave it three and a half stars. I enjoyed it, dude. I thought it was very entertaining from not like looking. I'm trying my best yeah. not to watch this event with, with, with 2021. I'm looking at it as a fucking spectacle. No one's ever seen this cage before. They're talking about this is the first ever Halloween Havoc. Yeah, like I yeah, said earlier, yeah. they're off the heels of Great American Bash. They're on the way to the first ever Starcade. Like, dude, everything is special right now. They're seeing this cage for the first time. The people in that crowd have to be mind-blown just by the spectacle alone. They should have gone on fire. Exactly, dude. What else do you want? You have tearing Funk in a steel cage that is on fire. The Great Muda is in there just doing Great Muda stuff, being great. Every spot Great Muda did, like Mike said, was just awesome. Like, I wish that I'm going to look into watching great, like more great matches because I've watched great, them. Dude. They're awesome. For, I mean, God, dude, I can't remember the last time I watched them, but I'm definitely going to dive back into them after this. Has anyone uh, got I any? I went three and three quarters. I went three, three and three quarters. I loved yeah. this match. Okay. Think about what it did for the foundation yeah. of wrestling for the next two decades. You're yeah. Right. Look at y'all with your little fucking deep. Y'all can look at me and say all you want about fucking. I'm not saying nothing. Being a goddamn Tarzan guy on the damn rope. I get it, dude. It looks silly, <sighs> but it built a foundation for what turned into steel cage matches to hell in a cell matches. Like all of that stems from that one match. It's super important. Yeah. I enjoyed it for what it was. I thought it was cool. Um, and it was better than fucking wildfire dick face versus um, the Cuban assassin. Like, miles better than that. I give the Cuban assassin Tommy Rich match five stars. Eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, like, I, okay, I guess like me saying I hated it wasn't as strong words, but like, it, you know. I am trying, like I, like I said at the beginning, I am trying to not look at this from like a, I don't genuinely like older wrestling and I definitely don't like anything from WCW. Unfortunately, NWA is taking the grunt of that at this point, but like, yeah, I mean, maybe we probably should have just been like, well, the fucking cage almost caught on fire. So no more electricity, JR. Let's stop calling it fucking that. Cause it just seems like everyone's fucking Superman. Oh yeah. Let's <laughs> before, before we get on from that, there's a moment where Muda is climbed up and has his legs wrapped in the cage. Yeah. Speaking of uh, racial undertones here, buddy. 
Jim Ross, and I'm shocked you don't have it written down. I didn't write it down because I didn't bring myself to, but he said, Thank God, dude. It'd be awesome if we saw him crisp up like some wontons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah. yeah. <laughs> 1989, what a time to be alive. Oh, man. I, think, uh, I think by the time I got to this match, I was so emotionally drained from everything prior that, like, I heard it, and it just went over my head where I was like, I just don't fucking... I, what, do, what do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> The nice. delivery audibly made me go, what was that? <laughs> and I, I had to go back and we listen went. to it again. I was like, hold up. Wait a minute. Oh, boy. And so that is how I got through this abysmal fucking pay-per-view. <laughs> um, through it. Thank you for coming to our TED Talk. Halloween Havoc. The, it was the our length Halloween of Halloween Havoc, Havoc was what three hours runtime probably two and a half it was like two, like yeah. two yeah it was yeah, just that's shy time three. that i will never fucking get back yeah i was never. annoyed but you know I'll what that time no time <laughs> dude he was not excited about this at all and I feel but, like I feel like it's also why like mike had to reach out to me personally for the steiner brothers promo because like we I didn't want to shit all over this in in our group chat to just be like we all really didn't want to watch right. this fucking pay per view, but I understood the importance of watching it. So I feel like us mm-hmm. being like that Steiner promo though in a separate conversation was totally warranted. But like mm-hmm. I will say, it's the first one of its kind. It's the first one that we've ever done because it's like our yeah. third fucking episode. <laughs> and today is the anniversary. Of Halloween having 1989, so oh wow, to be here doing it 32 years later, it's honest, it's obviously an iconic event. Yeah. Speaking um, of iconic things and living icons, next week we're getting back to the reign of terror. Triple H, baby, doing what he does best. Time to play the Why? game. Uh, <laughs> next, Mike? Is it No Way Out 2003? No Way Out 2003. Yep. Um, you have until. Really, I guess Friday morning, whenever uh, whenever we put this thing up, for you to listen to it. Um, so if you want to have it um, watched so that way you can understand where we're coming from, or if you have different thoughts or opinions, all of our socials are on the screen, are they not, Casey? All of our personal socials are on the screen. Um, if you follow up and over pod on Twitter, we will make sure that we have our YouTube link as soon as I'm able to get it up. As well as our Spotify. If you have either or both of them and you want to drop us a follow, drop us a sub, that would be greatly appreciated. Yep. Apple Podcasts as well. If you wouldn't mind re- leaving a five star review, it helps us get seen. So when you go to search up and we're the first thing that pops up. So um, if you do listen yes. to it, we appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Up and Over. Salute. Appreciate you guys. Salute to the See you Thank then. You.